Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. My name is Michael. I am joined, as always, with my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing phenomenal. Today, this is our Nintendo episode. This is something that never happens, really, on this show. We're going to be talking about Nintendo a lot. We're doing a part one of two for this week. Well, the over next seven days. But, man, I'm I'm very excited to talk about the Nintendo brand. Because, again, we never really do that. Yeah, uh, lately we've been more of a Ubisoft kind of podcast. Ubisoft, we've been talking some Bethesda, some Bethesda, EA. Yeah. Mainly, I think we've been an Xbox podcast all year. And that's mostly been because of the Activision Blizzard stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, was the, that was a big thing. That like both of us kind of got tired of, kind of being generous. <laughs> yeah, so uh, technically we get to do something different today. Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into what is on our docket. Modern Warfare Three will be revealed during a Warzone event. There's an update on the reported Red Dead Redemption remaster. Xbox players can stream their games to Discord. And just a disclaimer, real quick. We just want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should take rumors and reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our topic of the week. According to VGC, Nintendo's next-gen systems are set to be released in the second half of 2024. Quote, to ensure that it has ample stock available on day one and avoid the kind of shortages seen with PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, end quote. The Switch is widely praised for its portability uh, features. So it would be a mistake for Nintendo to ditch that with their next console. Thankfully, it appears Nintendo doesn't want to make that mistake. Here's a lengthy excerpt from VGC report on the story. Quote, although specific details on the console are being kept closely guarded, those VGC spoke to uh, indicated that the next gen console would be able to be used in portable mode, similar to the Nintendo Switch. Two sources VGC spoke to suggested that the console could launch with an LCD screen instead of the more premier OLED in order to bring down costs, especially considering the increased storage needed for higher fidelity games. The current Switch comes with just 32GB of eternal memory, while many current-gen PlayStation Xbox games are over 100GB. End quote. VGC also reported the new console would allow for physical games via cartridge slots and the backward compatibility support is still unclear. So Taylor, it's always exciting to hear rumblings about next generations of consoles. Uh, the Switch is easily one of, if not the best gaming systems the company has ever produced. Uh, so can they capture lightning in a bottle again, or do you think it was just a one and done kind of deal? So just to put all of our cards on the table, this is the second time we're really having this conversation. We've talked about this topic before, before we recorded this episode. And I'm going to tell you what I told you then. I don't really think they're going to be able to capture lightning in the bottle again. 
That said, there's a lot here that I really liked from this report. There's some things that I'm very concerned about. And one of the things being how next gen is this console going to be? From this VGC report, it doesn't really tell us that. But one thing that I love is it seems like they're keeping the portability of the Nintendo Switch, the hybrid nature maybe of the Switch as well. That'd be fantastic because if they were to do away with that, I feel like it would be such a mistake. When it comes to the Switch itself, I think it is arguably the best console they've ever made. It's next to probably the Nintendo 64. And when it comes to making the next console, you got to keep what makes the Switch so great. And to me, that is the hybrid nature of it. One thing I want to bring up to you is with the technology of whatever the Switch 2 or whatever the hell it's going to be called, how do you think like third-party games are going to run on it? Because I know Nintendo doesn't necessarily, I don't want to say care, but it's not their primary concern. But you got to imagine Nintendo wants to do better with third-party games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they finally got a deal to uh, bring Call of Duty back to uh, Nintendo's uh, family. So they definitely want to want something that's a little stronger than the Switch. Uh, and apparently, this is just rumored now. No, this, this is just speculation. We don't know for sure. Uh, we're just going based off the history of Nintendo, who's always at least a generation behind. Uh, this next console is supposedly as strong as the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, whether it's the base PlayStation 4 and Xbox One or the One X and 4 Pro, we don't know yet. Uh, that's something that we would definitely have to wait for Nintendo to announce. Uh, but, you know, the Pro and the One X was the console that pushed for 4K. Uh, so who knows what they're going to do, but if they are doing something like that, I think they will attract more third-party developers. Uh, I think that they'll do testing grounds on this new Switch 2 console. The Internet's calling it because we don't know what it's going to be called. Uh, I think we're going to see some remap. Well, yeah, some remasters uh, coming to the next Switch. I think we'll see some ports from early PlayStation 5 and Series S games uh, coming to the next Switch. Whether it's the uh, whether it's the same game that's coming out day and date to PlayStation Five and Xbox Series XS, who knows? Uh, but definitely think we're going to see testing grounds of re-releases and remakes. So something like um, oh man, I just had something like Saints Row. I think we'll see like something like Saints Row uh come to the next Switch. Because, you know, just to show that, hey, it's more mature than the last couple of consoles. Uh, you know, you can play, you can finally play these M-rated games on here and yada, yada, yada. And we definitely want to see Resident Evil. I think we will see Resident Evil, uh, the, the, the newer remakes, come to the next Nintendo system. So, yeah, I think third party is uh, definitely a go for the next system. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I'll say is the part about VGC. Uh, let me actually get the full quote here. Quote, two sources VGC spoke to suggested that the console could launch with an LCD screen instead of the more premium OLED, end quote. I don't know how to feel about that, but that's not something that I think we should really worry about just yet, just because of the way VGC phrased that, you know? It seems yeah. like more of a 
could be, but not 100% sure on it. And the other thing is backwards compatibility. I feel like that's very important for the next Nintendo console. But those are mainly my thoughts on it. I'm very excited for whatever the next Nintendo console is going to be. It's about time. The Switch came out in, what, 2017? I want to say. Ooh, uh, that's actually a good question. I think it was 2017. And for it to come out, the next console, around, what, three, four years into the Xbox Series X and the PS5's life cycle, that also makes a lot of sense. So everything's starting to line up here. Um, yeah. I'm very excited for whatever this thing's going to be, though, because if it's anything like the Switch, it's going to be another excellent console. But what are your thoughts on it, apart from the third-party stuff that I asked you earlier? Uh, so the Switch did came out. It came out March third on uh, two thousand seventeen. So uh, you're right. It did come out in two thousand seventeen, alongside Breath of the Wild, I believe. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that game that was the game that kept getting pushed back, and everybody couldn't figure out why. And just find out that oh, we're gonna put on our next gen system too. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. Because uh, that thing is supposed to come out for the Wii U, I believe. I might be getting my Zelda games mixed up, but I feel like that game was talked about for a long time. Oh no, it was. That was definitely the uh, the game that everybody was waiting for, and it just it kept getting it. it just you know, we had delayed announcements and delayed release date, and then it was like, oh, we have the Switch coming. It's like, oh, okay, you're just trying to get it ready for your new system. Uh, but yeah, uh, for the new Switch two. Uh, I think that's. I think it's gonna be a console. I don't get on day one. I think it's the one that I'm gonna wait for them if, to do the uh, Switch Two OLED because I've seen the OLED on the Switch and it is gorgeous. And so going back to the LCD screen feels more like a downgrade rather than a, a generational jump. I would have liked for them to stick with the OLED or at least a QLED, which isn't as bright as the OLED, but it's still a good looking screen. And they still may, just to bring that back up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just rumored that it's going to be LCD. I'm hoping Nintendo does what they did in the past, or what was done in the past with other consoles, where they released two different consoles, where you get the Switch 2 LCD and the Switch 2 Pro OLED or whatever, I don't care. Um, because I, myself, I would like to get the OLED version. Hopefully the, o- hopefully the OLED that they get, with the way we have tablets and phones and stuff now, there's no excuse for the next Switch uh, in portable mode not to be at least 1080p. I don't understand this 900, the 720-900 that they had going on. I mean, I know it was a weaker weaker uh, system, but I would like for the next one to at least do 1080 in portable mode. So that's my hope for the next one. Yeah, with the screen, the last thing I'll mention with it is in this VGC report, what Michael said earlier, what I forgot to mention is it might be done to cut some costs of whatever the console is going to be. Which is something Nintendo is known for. Yeah, so that makes logical sense. I'm not sitting here going like, ah, I think it's going to be an OLED. Honestly, I do think it'll end up being an LCD, but it's not something that I'm concerned about just yet. You know, I'm more concerned about exactly what I was talking with you about, the third-party games and whether or not it's going to be still a hybrid system and also backwards compatibility. But continue. Sorry, I feel like I just interrupted you there. Oh no, 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 no! I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, as long as the next system is at least 1080p in handheld mode, that's my big concern. Uh, I would have liked, I, I would like for 
my game to at least you know look fine in uh in uh in uh in handheld mode because you know I'm sorry, but with all the tablets, the tablet tech we've had even before the Switch came out, they looked better than handheld mode in the Switch, and I was like, yeah, this bothers me. So I, when I had my Switch, I played it mostly in dock mode because Switch, uh, because uh, handheld mode just looks so blurry and bleached out. I just did not like it. So I hope this next one they do upgrade to at least 1080p. Yeah, I'm not a technology snob, but. I do think in 2023, if you're a company like Nintendo, you gotta put out 1080p for your handheld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I sorry, feel like man. that's bare bones, man. Yeah, my phone is pushing out better pixels than my gaming system. You know, I I, I know it sucks, Nintendo, but put a little bit of money in that. You know, I I'm sorry, I can't. I can do 720 900p. I've done it, and I played Breath of the Wild, and I loved it, but I would like my next quote. These are air quotes. Next gen Nintendo system, uh, to at least let me see clearly what's on the screen. Last question, and then we can move on. Oh yeah, yeah. I know you said the rumor is it's called the Switch, or what's going around is people are just calling it Switch too. And hell, I think I called it that earlier. It feels like the logical thing. Do you think Nintendo could just call it the Switch too, if it is relatively the like a similar product to the Switch? I don't think so. Uh, I don't even remember the last time Nintendo put a 2 on one of their systems. They always come up with some fun gimmicky name to make you remember it. Yeah, it, it's against their nature to do yeah. that. But I was just thinking, like, maybe they go PlayStation route here finally. Yeah. Now, what I would like for them to call it, and I know this sounds stupid, but I would like, to call, I would like for them to call it the Super Nintendo Switch. I love it. It is, Michael, that I will say, I'm just going to be honest with you, as a co-host and as a friend, that's insanely stupid. But I fucking love it, nonetheless. It's memorable, yeah? It is. I I really love it. It's got some nostalgia to it. It's like one of those names that, like, I think people would make fun of it, but secretly, whenever they're done making fun of it, they're in their heads going, damn, that is good, though. Yeah, remember when the Xbox 360 was announced? Everybody was like, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard for a gaming console. But we got so used to it, we were like, oh yeah, Xbox 360. That's a good, it's a good sounding name. Now now we have the generation where we call it the PS360. It's like, yeah, yeah, we the PS3 and the 360. So it'll grow on people. I think it'll grow. Well, you know what was an excellent game on the last gen well, last last generation of consoles, the 360 and the PS3? Everything. A lot of things, but Call of Duty is what I'm talking about here, which is the topic of our next story. You want to tell us about it? Yes, so this one's going to be a tad strange. Modern Warfare 3 to be revealed in a Warzone event, and a blog post talking about what's coming to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in Season 5, Activision Blizzard revealed plans to announce the next installment of Call of Duty in a limited-time Warzone event. Charlie Intel later reported this on Twitter, saying, quote, Data miners have found references to a banner saying, Worldwide reveal of Modern Warfare 3, August 17th, in Warzone, in the Warzone game, uh, game files after today's update, via at Hey I'm Alex, that's A-L-A-I-X, end quote. A lot has been said, reported on, and leaked regarding Modern Warfare 3, including a teaser poster with the Modern Warfare 3 logo. 
So Taylor, are you surprised by the decision to announce a new Call of Duty in Warzone? And do you think it's a good idea? I'm not surprised in the slightest. I'm not sure if I think it's the best. Like, we're in August now, man. This is almost the latest, I think, that we've ever gotten a Call of Duty reveal. This is weird. Yeah, it is kind of strange because usually like, we get it. We actually get it around July, August. Is so like seventeenth. Uh, Maybe Summer Game Fest. These past few years, I feel like we've gotten some stuff from Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they even used to hold their own Call of Duty pr- uh, like event where they would invite influencers. Dude, and I remember that. And they, yeah, yeah. These. these I think big the thing. Black Ops Two one was there a Black Ops. I think there was a Black. I Ops think it's Black Ops Three. One of them was actually pretty solid. Like, I actually mm. really enjoyed the event. And then there was one that was just a train wreck. <laughs> that I don't remember. Might have been Infinite Warfare? I don't know. I might be just making all this up in my head. Thank you. Oh, no. No, because cause a couple of them were, like, so subpar. Even Rabbit fans couldn't get excited for it. Like, when uh when Ghost was announced, I was like, yeah, look at our doggy and look at the fish. You're like, bro. Really? You're going to talk about fish? Oh, the fish AI that we've seen back in the 64 with Super Mario? Get out of here. So it's like, it's really strange. Like you said, yeah, this, this, is, this is strange for us now that they're doing this for August 17th during a Warzone event that many people probably won't care about. And a lot of people think it's because of the, of, uh, the, acqu- the, ac- the acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard and, you know, they said a contract with Sony. That's what I said, acquisition. Uh, I, th- I thought you said accusation. Accusation? <laughs> no, that's, that's There's Bobby. been that's accusations. There's been I'll accusations, that. yeah. That's, that, that's, 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 that's different. But uh, after acquisition with uh, Activision Blizzard and Xbox, it, people think that they're just trying to throw this game out there so they can finish up their contract with Sony. But yeah, I do think it's kind of strange that we're not getting a whole lot of anything. They're not making a big deal of this. They're just throwing it out there. And they usually reach these games around what? The end of October, beginning of November? Yeah, I'm just... I'm wondering what this game is going to be. Because we talked about this a few times on this podcast. That it was reported that we weren't going to get a premium release this year. That Division yep. was going to just focus on Modern Warfare 2. But, and this is just my opinion here. Whenever it comes to mergers and acquisitions, usually these companies try to go, Alright, how can we make the quick buck? How can we easily make some money here? And I think how you do that is forcing a premium release out when it could just be possibly DLC from Modern Warfare 2. That said, I'm sure that Sledgehammer, who I believe are the ones developing this, have put in some work here to make this distinct from Modern Warfare 2 in some ways. And I hope to God it's for the multiplayer. Please, Sledgehammer, change the perks. (laughs) to get back on topic here that's what i think i'm most interested in when it comes to this reveal is how different is modern warfare 3 going to be from modern warfare 2 and how are you going to qualm concerns that this is just modern warfare 2 dlc put into a 70 dollar price point well the thing is the the point that they have sledgehammer game being the top pick didn't they also do the original modern warfare 3 um I don't think so. They might have worked on it. I know they did Advanced yeah. Warfare. And I think they also did Call of Duty World War II. Oh, poor folks. 
So yeah, it, it seems like they've been working on this game right around when Modern Warfare Two was being done, or like like soon after, because for them to kick Modern Warfare Three out this fast, kind of iffy. Even yeah, like even with DLC, like if you're thinking in your head, if you're thinking as skeptical as possible and going, "All right, so this is just what we were gonna get with Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, this year, you still gotta think they gotta put out enough content to where it warrants, in some kind of way, a seventy dollar price tag. Now, granted, I know that's me being optimistic, and this is that division Blizzard, Very. and that's asking a lot, but you gotta do a bare minimum. So, yeah, I'm wondering what the hell, like, when did Sledgehammer start development on this new Modern Warfare 3? And like I said earlier, how much has actually changed here? Yeah, because I'm sure the team is planning on finishing things up in 2023 and getting ready to release in 2024. Seeing how they're probably told, like, yeah, we're not, we're going to skip this year and you guys can release next year. So I'm kind of wondering how that affected the development as well. Yeah, how much did Infinity Ward work on this as well? Because, you know, they were working on Modern Warfare 2 the whole time. And then they were stuck with Warzone. Yeah, and you also have Warzone, and I'm not sure at this point how much Raven Software is working on Warzone. I have been keeping up with it, to be honest. So I'm curious to know what the development oversights are, you know? Yeah, and that's going to be the question. Like, if this next one isn't, as good, or there's all kinds of issues, that's going to be what everybody's going to bring up. Well, here's the better question. What if this game's better? Which, it would be hilarious, considering Sledgehammer hasn't had the best track record over the past two games, like I just mentioned, World War II yeah. and Advanced Warfare. But what if this game is better than Modern Warfare 2 2022? Man, if it is, then it's a high note to go out on Sledgehammer. <laughs> I would love it. Uh, cause honestly, that's, that's, that's what you and I really liked about, uh, Modern Warfare 1 is that, well, the reboot is that it did freshen things up again, like Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare did. And then when we got to Modern Warfare 2, it felt like it degressed really hard. So I'm hoping Sledgehammer, uh, can bring it back up since they already pretty much sold, like they're the lead developers on this one. Uh, and hopefully they had time because it does seem like for them to push the game out this fast. They were working on it around the time Modern Warfare 2 was finishing up. So hopefully it becomes out better than the, the second one. Because, man, Taylor, I don't know if I could take the second one or the third one being shit. Campaign was great. Love the campaign in Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, no, the campaign was magnificent. Love the campaign. It was one, it was one, it was one of the few times where I wish uh, a Call of Duty campaign was longer. Yeah. Before we move on, I do have one last question for you. I wanted to hold off on this. So we were talking about some of the older Call of Duties and the newer Call of Duties being more divisive. What do you think Modern Warfare 3 or future Call of Duties beyond Modern Warfare 3 should do to recapture some of the magic from the older games? Because it is obvious that people would love to play those older titles based on those games being revived on Xbox and the player counts for it. Oh man, full lobbies. Can you believe yeah. that? Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I played some Black Ops 2 and Modern Warfare 2 the other day. It was fantastic. Dang. Black Ops 1? I mean, I love Black Ops 1, but it was a little slower than I remembered. Uh, <laughs> it didn't age that. well, huh? Yeah, that one I think might yeah. not have aged, at least for me. 
But Black Ops 2 right. and Modern Warfare 2 were ace. But that's my question. Like, what do you think Modern Warfare 3 or newer CODs beyond Modern Warfare 3 need to do to recapture some of that magic with the older Call of Duties? Because, again, people have started playing those older Call of Duties again, and I feel like you can get the creative juices flowing and start taking stuff from the past and implementing it into newer games in fun ways. Okay, first off, go back to... Modern Warfare uh, 1 Reboot gameplay. That gameplay was butter smooth, man. It was amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. I love the gameplay in Modern Warfare 1, compared, especially compared to 2. Um, and bring back the prestige system. I understand you want to sell battle passes and all this other nonsense. But come on, man. Toss us a bone. Uh, bring back the prestige system. That makes people want to grind. Like that was the fun kind of grind where you prestige and you had to start all over and like you get emblems and maybe some skins, you know, prestigious skins. Bring 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 it into where you if you prestige, you get an exclusive skin that you can't earn any other kind of way. You can't buy it. There's no battle pass for it. You earn it by prestige by playing, grinding, and prestiging. Do something like that to bring like the old players in while keeping some of the new. And I think that would help uh, separate this from the others while at the same time uh, paying homage to their past while also moving forward. I think you hit the nail on the head with the prestige system. At first, when they announced this whole, you're going to have your prestige across all of our new Call of Duties. I loved it. I was like, that's a great idea. But then now I look at it, I'm like, I think it dilutes the entire prestige system. Like, it doesn't feel like yeah. I'm ever earning anything. Yeah. Like, you think back to the days of Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops. When you got a certain prestige, when you saw that emblem, you felt like you accomplished something. Which sounds really stupid when I say that out loud. Oh, so you, <laughs> you unlock a little emblem next to your name and you feel like you accomplished something. But that's kind of how it felt. I haven't felt right. that with Call of Duty in years. With some progression stuff when it comes to unlocking weapon attachments and the camos, that stuck, that stuck around, but not the prestige. That's something that I think they could really do better at. And another thing you didn't mention, Michael, that I think they could do, and this is a divisive one, I despise the skill-based matchmaking. In its current form, like, I'm not saying get rid of it completely, but in its current form, it's too fucking strict. Hmm. You know, uh, you, man, you know, that's the weird thing. I don't know about that one. I kind of like it because when you start off low, you, you, you find people at your own speed. And as you get better, in theory, of course, you know, you, uh, you, you go up there with better players. And when you start going on a losing streak, it kind of notches you back down. It's frustrating because it is kind of hard for the system to find that sweet spot because everybody's always fluctuating with good yeah. and bad games. And the problem I have is most of the time, I'm just always sweating. I, I yeah. can't just have a casual game. I'm always just completely sweating, trying to at least go even because I'm in a crazy lobby or I'm in a friend's party who is a way better at the game than myself, who's a better level, has a better KD. And then I get into his lobbies, and all of a sudden, I'm just getting fucking wrecked. 
I mean, well, yeah, I think that is the problem. I, I understand that. Uh, but it's also, you run the risk of having these prestigious players and a lot of people, a bunch of new people just steamrolling everybody. And it is so frustrating that it makes me not want to play the game. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I understand it. But to be honest, I'm more of a fan of a skill-based matchmaking uh, more than not having one. Another thing I want to throw out there, and I guess we can move on unless you have one. Across the board, Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, anybody working on Call of Duty, I think they need to improve the map design. Man, that is one of the weakest parts of the newer Call of Duties. The maps just don't hit the same. Some are pretty creative, I'll give them that. But I don't think there's a single map, except for maybe Shoot House, and Shoot House is not a 10 out of 10. Shoot House is the one that everybody likes to grind on. Yeah, it's a solid map that I think fits in with the top tier Call of Duty maps, you know. But I don't think it's at the top. But I think that's the only one I could think of when I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a really good multiplayer map across Modern Warfare 1, Black Ops Cold War, and Modern Warfare 2. Honestly, I can't remember one off of Black Ops Cold War or Modern Warfare 1. Well, actually, that's where Shoot House originated, I think. So, yeah, I don't know anymore, man. There's one map across three games that's solid and the rest suck. I feel like that's a terrible ratio <laughs> compared to the old, older Call of Duties. I rest my case. Well, here's something I know will make you happy, Taylor. More Red Dead Redemption remaster rumors are being made. We've talked about the reports regarding a potential Red Dead Redemption remaster a few times on this podcast. Or at least once, anyway, especially from Taylor. Taylor, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you, buddy. I know you've been waiting for this story. Rockstar recently updated their website and Red Dead Redemption now has a different logo. Furthermore, leaker Tez2, who has reported on several Rockstar games in the past, claims a game known as Red Dead Redemption Rockstar Presents version within the Eternal Games list. Here's the full post from Tez2. Quote, Rockstar's new site update, live an hour ago, added a new reference within the game's list. Red Dead Redemption Rockstar Presents version. Codename RDR1RSP or RDR1 Remaster SP. End quote. A few weeks back, we talked about Colin Moriarty. Moriarty. I can't say that last name. I'm so sorry. Moriarty. Is that how you say it? Moriarty? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. Uh, report on the Sacred Symbols podcast where Moriarty, my ability to speak English is terrible. Claimed this remaster was real, and an announcement could come soon, possibly in August. Oh, guess what month it is. So, Taylor, I know you've been waiting for this one. What do you take from the story? Uh, For starters, just to add one little bit to this story, when Tez2 put out that post, it was RDR1RSP, otherwise known as Red Dead Redemption 1 Remaster SP, question mark. So it wasn't like a confirmation, more so just like, think that might be what it is kind of context. Um, I'm not sure what to take from this. The good news is it's, if this is real, we're going to know very soon. <laughs> because this month. Yeah, we're now in August, and that's when the report what came out saying Rockstar could potentially reveal it this month. 
It does seem like Rockstar is changing up their site for something. A remaster for Red Dead Redemption 1 does make a lot of sense. I'm not sure how I feel about it, considering the last batch of remasters they made. They're going to have to do some work to convince people to be down for it. That said, Red Dead Redemption 1 is one of the best games of all time. I think it still kind of holds up today pretty well, so... I don't know, man. I'm excited for it. If it's real, I don't have too much to say other than that, though, because we did talk about this, I think, last week. Uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Uh, it, we've brought up so many ideas or rumors of remakes and remasters and reimaginings that it, it, it starts to blur together, man. They all blend together. The only one <laughs> that I'm do. 100% sure is happening is that Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we go through these things so often that it it just starts to blur. Uh, as for me, as I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast remembers, and I know you remember Taylor. I'm not the biggest Red Dead fan. Uh, I still have yet to finish Red Dead Two, and for me, this is non consequential. Uh, whether it's real or not doesn't really affect me, uh, but I do hope it's real. Because, man, I know how much you wanted to go back and uh, revisit the world of Red Dead Redemption. And it'll be in shiny 60 frames per second at 4K, presumably. I mean, this is Rockstar. Uh, so, who knows, man? Maybe we'll even uh, get, like, a uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 bundle or something, you know? With all the DLCs in it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody listening. I know Michael doesn't know the answer to this because he's not a Red Dead Redemption fan. But if I remember correctly, in Red Dead Redemption 2, people got outside the map and saw that Rockstar was potentially working on the Mexico portion, where there's an area of that in Red Dead Redemption 1. So my question here is, why a remaster and not just use the same engine from... Red Dead Redemption 2, and basically just do a remake, and call it a remake, because I feel like that would be better. But I don't know. I, I'm an uh, idiot. Maybe there's some very logical and easy explanation for that. Well, well I, I think what it is, is because Rockstar likes to take a sweet time making games. Uh, whoever's in, Whomever's in charge, they probably thought, hey, look, we're already working on GTA 6. That's going to take a while. Red Dead Redemption 2 took forever on this new engine. We would like for a remaster of one of our old games to fill in the space between Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA 6. Yeah. So we need something out. But we don't have the 6, 20, six to 10, 20 years that we usually take for these games. So instead, let's just do like a quick remake uh, rather than having you guys spend 20 hours a day uh, trying to make sure this horse's nutsack shrinks when it's cold or something. <laughs> Man, I remember that. I remember that news story. <laughs> it's one of my favorite news stories of all time. Like it's in my top ten. Easy. I thought it was, I thought it was fake to be honest. I was like, and oh my you god, can't, no way. Like, don't lie to me. Like that's in your top ten greatest gaming news stories ever, too, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's in my top ten, but it's definitely one of my most memorable. It's so good. It's out there a puddle gate with Spider Man. I absolutely love it. It for just oh being goodness. so ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. man, you're right. It did take a long time for Red Dead Redemption 2 to come out. Then they actually cut content for it. <laughs> That's the funny part. There's content in Red Dead 2 
that well if anything maybe maybe, maybe this remake will uh have like a director's cut kind of thing with it to where or a remaster yeah. add in yeah or the remaster where they do kind of bring in uh some of the stuff that they cut it's like hey we have time now and you know since we got the budget and our little easter egg or something all the easter eggs yeah especially since uh uh red dead 2 is it was it a prequel story to red dead 1 yes Okay, so like, yeah, you can like do some retcons and add in some references from Red Dead Two into Red Dead One now. Yeah, but that typically doesn't happen in remasters. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they 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 could add in some stuff. Like, you know, like you said for Easter eggs, they could like, if you go out of your way to look for, I don't know, this graveyard or some crap. I don't. What what is the difference between one and uh, two and one? I'll have to explain that to you off air because there's a lot of spoilers. Well, I mean, like how like the years between uh, the story for two to 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 one. Shit, that's a good question. I don't remember that off the top of my head. Okay. Um, not a long time by the very end of Red Dead Redemption Two to the beginning yeah. of Red Dead Redemption One. I want to say at max only a few years. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know what I was thinking? I was I, while you were talking, I was like, "Oh, snaps!" I was talking about the DLC. What if they do something cool and add in uh, the Red Dead Zombie game as a bonus? Oh, if they're doing this, Undead Nightmares got to be a part of it. Like, it's one of the most beloved DLCs of all time. It would be a massive mistake if Rockstar announced this month, "Hey, we're doing a remaster for Red Dead Redemption." Oh, cool. That means we're also going to get Undead Nightmare, right? Oh, shit. We forgot about that. Nah. Not that. There's no way that they're not going to put that in there. It's Rockstar. They'll probably like, let this happen, let it be popular, and be like, hey, you remember the zombie game? It's going to be really separate. We're going to do a remaster of that one separately. Maybe. But as you said, it took Rockstar a long time to make Red Dead Redemption 2. And it takes Rockstar a long time to make anything, really. It really does. It's not going to take a long time for Xbox players to be able to stream games directly to Discord. You are correct, because pretty soon, Xbox players will be able to stream games directly to its platform of choice, Discord. In a press release, Discord announced that Xbox players will soon be able to stream their games directly to Discord, whether that be in a Discord server or a private DM. Xbox insiders should be able to try this new feature out, I believe, by now. And the feature will be seeing a full launch soon. All right, Taylor, you 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 like Discord a little more than me, just a little bit more. Uh, before we start recording, you said that you could see it being a cool thing. So let's go with the pros and cons. What what is it about this uh, streaming from your Xbox to Discord? I, how how would you go about that? Well, for one, for us being people who have podcasts and. We also have a Patreon to which we talk about doing game nights and stuff. I could see it being a thing where we also stream to our Discord. That being pretty cool. Also, I am pretty dumb. My friends are also pretty dumb. I feel very comfortable in saying this. <laughs> so whenever somebody gets stuck on something, they can stream their game just to Discord and I can you know, take a look at it or somebody can take a look at my game and tell me what I'm doing so wrong. So I think there could be some easy fixes, some fun stuff out of it. 
it's not like a groundbreaking feature, but it's one that I think is pretty cool. I don't really want to spend too much time on this story either because I don't think it's, like I said, I don't think it's a groundbreaking feature. But I thought it was one that was like, ah, shit, that's that's pretty cool. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's it's, it's kind of cool, yeah. Um, I don't trust Discord with streaming because you know this is gonna be a cool way from the push Nitro. Uh, so I don't know. I, I myself, I'm not a big fan of Discord. I get, I I think it's unorganized. Uh, not at the fault of Discord itself, but because everybody likes to start servers. And the service is such a fucking mess, in my opinion. Why don't you join our Discord server, the link for which is in the description of this episode. And also, I just want to note that this podcast is possible via Audacity and Discord. That is how we record every episode. And it's a mess every time we get on. Dude, it is, though. Like, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this to hate on Discord. Oh, But no, we no, have no, no. so yeah, many we- issues here. Some uh, maybe it's just we have bad luck. It's a very good possibility that it's not even on Discord. It's just we're terrible. It's just, uh, it's just. I, I mean, our last episode or two has been kind of cursed. So, you know, we had our cursed episode. <laughs> Wasn't that last week was our cursed episode? I think it was the week before that 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 ended up rolling into last week. So, uh, but yeah, um, uh, I know Xbox used to stream to Twitch, and that was decent it had its issues so i'm kind of wondering how that's going to work going with discord so i'm gonna i'm I'm in the wait and see kind of thing me personally i'm not going to use it but i do hope it actually works and i'm also kind of interested in seeing that people who played xbox games via the cloud how that's going to work streaming to the cloud and then streaming to discord uh i think that's going to be interesting to see all right, but with that said, Taylor, what are you playing? Played a little bit of Rocket League. Uh, been pretty fun. I used to play Rocket League a lot, and it's been fun to get back into that game to kind of figure out, like, okay, because you're having to relearn a lot of stuff, like how to Because yeah. f- it's a game that's fun on the surface, but there's so much depth to it, and there's a lot of learning to do. So it's it was kind of a lot of fun to get back into learning how to like have the aerial hits and how to get these crazy saves. So it's been great to get back into that game. Okay, cool. I, it's been so long since I've played that uh since I played that game. Uh but man, it's complex as hell. It looks simple, but it's so complex. As for me, I have been playing Fortnite, which I've actually been pretty decent at lately, so good for me. And I've also been playing Shatterline, which is a free-to-play PvE and even PvP uh, shooter where you and two other players uh, can go on expeditions, which is the PvE section, where you get to hunt down uh, alien monsters and and, uh, blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, pull off objectives. Everybody can work together to pull off multiple objectives. It's pretty fun. It's not bad for a free-to-play game. The uh, season pass sucks ass. I don't like it. The rewards aren't really rewarding, you know? It's like, yay, I got to level 26 and I get stickers. I don't care about your stickers. Even the premium uh, battle pass for this season, which is season Delta. Yeah, which I think is like season four. Uh, not very good. I was I was willing to spend the ten dollars for the battle pass. I was having fun with the game, but uh, maybe next season because the battle the battle pass for this season sucks ass. 
Taylor, what are you working on and where can we find you? Not working on too much apart from these podcasts. Going to have a lot of things to edit over the next seven days. (laughs) As for where can people find me, I'm not on any of the social media sites. So the best place to find me is in our Discord server for these podcasts, the link for which is in the description of this very episode. Michael, where can we find you and what are you working on? I have a few more conventions I am going to. Uh, Saturday, August 5th, I will be at Oklahoma Comic Con. I'll be hosting a new panel called Run Your Very Own Panel, where I teach everybody how to get started with running your panel. And even more, I even help you practice some uh, public speaking skills. That's one thing that stops a lot of people from doing it, is that they uh, don't like sitting in front of a bunch of people and saying words and things. Uh, so I decided to start a panel to help people start to get over those kind of fears and understand that, hey, it's not that bad. It's actually kind of fun. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here so Taylor can get to work on buzzing his ass on trying to edit like six different podcasts yeah that you're not lying that's the sad part (laughs) i think it's more like poor guy man you need an assistant man you need to find someone yeah i kind of do (laughs) (laughs) i I think i said that like a year or so ago you're like no no i got this and we've just been adding new shows (laughs) and now it's, it's it's to the point like it was like it was like what two or three shows that we had you're like oh no i can do this and now we're up to like six you're like Shit, you know, maybe I do need someone to help me with this. Long term, I want us to do like a podcast more frequently than just once a week. But man, right now at its current pace, that ain't possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man, you need we need to find you some help. I might, I might. We'll see. You overwork yourself. So everybody, if you like to edit videos or you like to edit audio, let us know in our Discord, please. We need we need to find this man some help. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put you on blast, man. Uh so with that said, thank you all for joining us, whether this is your first time or your one thousandth time. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next time.